Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today I have on John Gribble. He is a Senior Vice President of Water Markets and Strategy for Qit. John is responsible for Qit's growth in the water sector. Presently, revenues are more than $1 billion annually with expectations to achieve $3 billion by 2025. In this role, he leads a team of business development professionals, as well as marketing and proposal professionals that translate Qit engineering and construction capabilities into solutions that address clients' needs around water infrastructure. Welcome, John. Well, hi, Keelan. Thanks for having me today. I've been so happy at listening into your podcast for so long uh, that it's sort of exciting to be a part of it. So you're on the other end. (laughs) That's right. That's right. All right. So before we dig into what I brought you on here to talk about, which is accelerating change in digital marketing, I'm curious how you got started in this industry. What's your story? So I started out as a chemical engineer doing, you know, traditional kind of engineering things from just designing to project management. And at a point in time in my career, we were working on a Canadian project and I got invited to a client outing as a kickoff for the project. And this was like a, I want to say a $300 million power project. And and Mm -hmm. I was the person always responsible for the water and wastewater treatment systems. And this was in the middle of a big petrochemical facility. And it should have had all those things even more so and didn't. And so, mm. But I was still invited along. And at the end of the two days of just partnering with the client and some of our key vendors, you got to either go dog sledding or skiing up in the mountains of Canada there at Lake Louise. And the only two people that picked that was the client and myself. All right. <laughs> and so I was like, huh, well, this is a great time. And so he and I spent the day up and down on the slopes. And by the end of the day, I had discovered that they had a large water and wastewater system. Mm. And it was really with another company that they had started with that they weren't terribly happy with. And I had him convinced by the end of the day to consider switching. And that's what started my foray into business development and marketing and things like that, because it ended up being successful. And we got awarded the project in addition. And that just sort of cut my teeth on like, hmm, that seemed fun. I want to do that again. And so that's sort of how I got to be an engineer today, being responsible for business development and marketing at a large engineering and construction company for, for our water side of the business. I think that has to be one of my favorite stories. <laughs> <laughs> like here we are, think we should learn golf and really we should be learning how to ski. <laughs> In fairness, I'm not certain I can do either very well. <laughs> That's all but right. If it, if it gets you into the sales and the marketing side of it and you have fun doing that, perfect. Yep. All right. So on to digital marketing, yeah. something I know very little about. What are some benefits of digital marketing and what would be some examples of effective digital marketing? You know, I- <laughs> I didn't really run into the issue until we hit the pandemic. Mm. It was always the traditional in architectural engineering and construction 
the sales side was, you know, you go do a presentation, you go play golf, right. you go, you know, have a lunch, you do a lunch and learn, whatever it is. And then you receive an RFP and you respond to it. And that's sort of how you went, you know, through communicating what you learned. And this pandemic really threw us into this tailspin of I can't do those traditional things. Sure. And you can feel this chasm, you know, existing between you and your customer. In reflection, I would say that chasm was existing well before we had a pandemic. The, the pandemic maybe accentuated the effects of it, right? but it was there. And what we were trying to do is, is how do we access those clients in a, a faster way and in a different way so that they sort of learn about our content and our capability? And that's where we got into this demand generation and digital marketing was really to do that. And an example, you know, I'll use is, is there's, there's a couple of them and I'll refer to as, you know, broadcasting would be like, you know, Hey, I put an ad on the evening news or on the radio station or something like that, where it just hits everybody. Right. You know, in a certain, but then there's narrow casting and micro casting, like narrow casting. I might say, Hey, I can go on LinkedIn through their um, marketing tool and I can develop promoted ad content and I can segregate who receives that based on maybe their job description. So a water utility director. And then I can also add an additional filter about the regional location of where I would want to do it. So say state of Florida. So now I can specifically target maybe a particular water issue that the state might be challenged with. A, a great example would be like um, PFAS, PFOS and groundwater remediation. Sure. Florida. And, and you could focus on that. And that only costs like a thousand dollars, you know, to run a campaign. Now, what you've got to have inside of that is, is you've got to have a team aligned that, you know, hey, there's creative content, there's copy, there's a messaging. And what you're trying to do is, is identify maybe what's your organization's position on that, what's your offering, mm -hmm. as well as being informative about that. And that's what I would say, narrowing. Of, right. of casting your information. And then a microcasting can be where I develop a, a campaign where I'm educating the client and we're in the middle of an RFP. And so I can now focus specifically on addressing the brand awareness and the capabilities that also might be complementarily communicated in a proposal and a presentation. And I can right. really fixate on that so that it sort of shows up in their media feed, particularly their LinkedIn is where we're doing it, not so much Instagram or Facebook or anything like that yet. Okay. Uh, kind of thing. But that's that's what I would say are some of those examples. And you know, what first I was after by those was shortening the sales cycle. Mm -hmm. and, it, and I think I confuse people when I use that phrase is, is that I'm not trying to shorten the ability to get to a yes, you know, hey, we want to pick you. Because those have very defined processes depending on who you're dealing with, the municipality, an electric utility, or whatever that's buying engineering construction. But it is rather shortening that process that I get to the person I need to and right. get them aware so that they can engage me as a provider of those services, be it any of those things that I discussed. Right. And my awareness can then help. Maybe they're looking to help us write the RFP or help us decide how we go about this. And I can interject it. And equally so, I can't bid, you know, everything in the world. I mean, in my space, we have over 50,000 water districts in the United States. 
Sure. So I can't call every one of them a customer. And so I have to be careful about sorting through them to decide which ones I can spend my time on. Right. And so that's helpful as well. So then when we talk about digital marketing, I know you mentioned that your primary platform is LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. but what sort of metrics are we looking at? What are the KPIs or what are success indicators when you're looking at digital marketing? It's more of trends. And so an example I'll use as a tool is on LinkedIn. It's easy enough to say, hey, we want to talk about, let's say, collaborative delivery as a contracting method. So design, build. Right. And we go with the vocabulary that we use and the graphics, and what we think works. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing that, what we try to do is is A-B testing. So we'll, we'll use like the copy will be the same in the LinkedIn promotion. And so the words will all be the same, but maybe the imagery will be different. Okay. And then we will look at the engagement. And if there's better engagement on one than the other, then that's telling us something about what we're using. Then we'll change the copy and then we'll look at the engagement there. Okay. Um, one of the interesting things that we tested was, you know, you've probably seen LinkedIn content that'll show up in your feed about like, hey, click here to learn more. Mm. Yep. And, and then it takes you to a web page and then maybe it asks you to accept cookies or it asks you to fill out a form that is less attractive from an engagement standpoint yep. than if somebody uses Calendly, it, which is a scheduling software. I think even maybe you use that. Yeah. Yeah. And you provide that so that you're not asking somebody for information. You are showing them your information and letting them pick from it. Right. And by doing that, we also put like a picture of our technology expert or our particular expert on contracting that you can speak to to learn more so that you've got a face, you know, a name, and I can see their calendar and I can pick a time without ever sharing my contact information. Sure. And, and that actually got way more engagement than oh, interesting. click here to learn more. Right. Okay. So, and so it's through that testing of trends. So for us, at least where we're at in our evolution of this, it's less about the engagement points or the views so much as is which one is doing better as we sort of learn along this journey. And I think okay. the mistake that a lot of marketers in our space make is just like, well, here's the vocabulary my company uses and here's how I engage. And what's really important is what's the voice of your customer? What's the vocabulary they use? Right. And and because they're the ones you're trying to engage with you stuff. And that's sort of the critical piece we use. Right. Well, and even that sort of contradicts what we're taught as proposal professionals of having to keep things in our voice. So I like that you pointed that out. It does have to be more client facing vocabulary as opposed to company. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's variations to that. There's another tool I use. So for those folks that follow me on LinkedIn, they'll see me regularly post at least twice, if not three times a week. It's usually like a one or two minute read. It's, it's probably heavier more on management advice and, you know, or becoming a manager or coaching someone or stuff like that. And then a little bit of content with regard to the market that I play in. Uh, okay. both in engineering and construction and water. But in it, the interesting thing is, is the architecture of that. Most people think I just do that. 
Instead, what happens is that I sit down once a month with a professor at a major university that's in journalism, Mm -hmm. and we talk for an hour and we sort of bracket in about three buckets the topics we're going to cover for the day. He goes away and comes back with then a series of posts that, you know, two times, multiple times a week over the month and organizes all that discussion in sort of a thoughtful way. And then once I review it, which doesn't take very much because he sort of got my voice down because it's intended to be in the way I speak. Sure. A little bit less article, more John's thoughts. Mm. And then it goes through our court calm to just make sure everything sort of fits. And then our team puts it on Hootsuite, which is linked to my LinkedIn, and then it schedules all those posts. So, you know, John at 9 a.m. and Tuesday, when everybody thought they saw him in the meeting, wasn't sitting there just blindly going like, oh, I should just post something while I'm here. <laughs> right. You know, I don't know what you all are talking about in the meeting, but I'm posting on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of that's handled in the background. Right. But there's a unique piece. So I then engage, and this is very purposeful in our marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. So, so it's another tool where then I have other leaders on my team that we sort of designate, you know, hey, you're going to be this water treatment technology, or you're going to be this contracting, or you're going to be the expert in engineering. Right. And then they have the same sort of appointments and they're posting as well. And what it's designed to do is it sort of elevate your brand awareness through the talent on your team sure, and allow for them to accumulate engagement. And then when we do these narrow casting campaigns, they begin to resonate, right? You okay. know, because now I have an audience in my personal profile. That's a bit of my client base. They see me posting who I am, what my company is, but also then topics related to me. So there's a very multi-layered effort to our digital strategy as far as you know digital marketing that all sort of plays okay so when you're talking about campaigns are you talking and it could be both of these are you talking pursuit specific are you talking sector specific like how does that get sorted out Yeah. So we do both. We do the market specific and we're actually going through a strategy session tomorrow uh, with my marketing team to segment what campaigns we're going to talk about. So in water, we went through an exercise of voice of the customer to sort of do a word cloud Mm -hmm. group of us that touch our clients quite often, you know, sort of input what they've been telling us. And then that shows up in a word cloud and we can sort of pick out there's some themes And those themes might be water scarcity, you Mm. know, as one of them. And then out of that campaign, we're going to pick a couple of deliverables. And the deliverable might be very non-digital stuff like, you know, I cringe, but sometimes people still use paper brochures that they hand out, you know. (laughs) And and so it's like, you know, those have a purpose. Sure. Maybe it's conferences we go to. Maybe it's the thought leadership topics that we want people to talk about. And we need to nominate somebody who can speak to water scarcity and subtopics like desalination, right? Sure. And take ocean water and make it into drinking water. But then it also fits that narrow casting strategy where hey, what are some of the posts and themes we're going to do over, let's say, an eight-week campaign of building on this topic of water scarcity. Right. And so you might be making a whole eight-week campaign that goes to all the water utility directors in the United States. Mm-hmm. 
in, in, I don't know about your LinkedIn or your social media is it's like, if it's really long, I'll skip it. Yep. You know, but, but if it's within a minute read, I read it, consume it, go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Spend a little bit more time on my TikTok. If you will, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> right. Uh, the doom scrolling that goes on with TikTok. Oh my God. <laughs> so we have to be purposeful in the messaging right. within that narrow casting strategy mm-hmm. so that it's got a theme. So it starts with that overarching theme and then has all these deliverables. Right. The beauty of that is from a level of effort for your marketing team is you've got a creative graphics team, you've got copywriters, you've got you know people that just organize all of the stuff that know how to populate it in LinkedIn and run those campaigns. And I say this, I have a fairly large team. I get that that might be one team to some of the listeners. Sorry. Then you can use all of that. You know, so the imagery is similar. The copy is similar. And so whether it ends up in your digital campaign and an e-brochure, which looks cool and is linked in on your web- website, that imagery can be used also on the hard copy. Right. Stuff. So each one isn't an individual project. They're complementary to each other. But it's all really built to focus in on the digital marketing because just that's where my passion is. Sure. And honestly, that's where I think it's just how we go and buy. The, the story I tell on this often is I don't know how many people go to Best Buy and shop. You know, mm. it's, if I go to Best Buy, one, it's probably cheaper than it is on Amazon. But two, when I go in there, I know which brand I'm going to buy. I know which model. Yeah. I know it's in stock and it's on the third shelf. And I might have already just had it click and I just go pick it up. Right. And, and nobody goes into the store to talk to the person in the computer department about like, which printer should I buy? Mm. And I think our customers in the AC space are doing the same thing. Right. They're educating themselves through online content, whether it be news articles, it'd be your website, it'd be your presence in, you know, LinkedIn and other things to really engage and educate themselves. And then they go off in a direction. Sure. And, and where I'm trying to do is much like I talked about, it's sort of shortening sales cycle is really getting so far upstream of that, that if, that if someone's searching for information, they're going to see things about Kiwi. They're going to see things from the folks that are in the Kiwi family that play mm. in the water space that they will, if they want more information, if they want to schedule an appointment, they have pathways to do that. Right. And, and they may be working from home. They may not even be at the water utility district office for me to go visit and shake hands with and do a lunch and learn like I traditionally did years ago. Yeah. So this is just a way to cut through all of that and get way upstream. Love that. So you talked about your marketing team and I'm curious when we're looking at who is executing on these digital marketing initiatives, what does that team look like and who are these individuals and what is their dynamic? Mm. That's a great question. And it's taken us a while, particularly during the pandemic, to sort of build out additional talent that we were missing, particularly in the digital media space. Because I sound smart when I say like Marketo or Calendly or Hootsuite. Mm. I guarantee you I learned those from people who know way more about that space than I do. Sure. And so they can clearly articulate these software service tools that are out there and how they all sort of partner together to achieve this objective. Right. 
So finding those people that are in high demand and then convincing them to come to a, an engineering and construction company, it's a little hard. And the mm. construction industry in and of itself, it's near the bottom of the list of those adapting to technology change. Interesting. You know, kind of thing. And so we've got a long ways to go and it, it takes a compelling story. But, but we've also had the traditional, we've had creative graphics personnel, we've had copywriters and things that all do PowerPoints and some of that. But there's a fundamental culture behavior that's necessary if you're going to implement this digital strategy into an AEC space. And the cultural piece that you either have to infuse and encourage or at least find and cultivate is this moving from tactical to the strategic conversation. Mm-hmm. I think marketing has always been treated, at least in our space, as, hey, I need a PowerPoint. Can you pretty this up? You know, mm-hmm. and, and maybe you're talking to a client, maybe it's an internal, you know, but that's not very rewarding to folks, but it's functional and those sure. things have to be done. And there's certain folks that are way faster at it than, you know, John is for sure, <laughs> right? you know, but, but I also appreciate them when they do it. In the copywriters and the folks that make things sort of interesting and appeal is going from that tactical behavior to strategic. And and an example I use with folks is you could easily spend, you know, $250,000 on a full page ad and, you know, call it wastewater monthly. And we all probably know the circulation rates that they promote and they end up on a table somewhere and whether somebody or not responds to your ad is hard to know, right? And questionable. And yet for thousands of dollars, you can probably have a better reach and actually get the feedback. Are people engaging with my material? If somebody has an e-brochure and you jump from LinkedIn and you go to a person's webpage, they may not know that, hey, Keelan visited my website, but they may know the state and location of where you clicked from with your IP address. And where we've used that is we've done like things like electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And and we published sort of a thought leadership article in a clever way. Adobe has these interactive brochures and you do it and it sits on their website, but you can also track where the IPs are coming from. And and we had a great example was city of Toronto was engaging with our material. Like you could tell how many clicks, how often the clicks were happening, that it was all happening in Toronto. And in knowing the content was about electric vehicle bus charging. It's like, there's only right. one possibility. The city of Toronto is, is likely investigating going into switching their bus fleet to electric charging. Sure. And so we had folks reach out to them that were the business development and sure enough, they're exploring those possibilities. And that's where I get to getting far ahead and shortening it. And instead of every city in North America that our very small electric vehicle team could respond to is now I've cultivated, go talk to these people. They seem to be engaging and they're far more efficient in their level of engagement to get to a customer that's willing to buy much like the, you know, the best buys is like, Hey, this guy's looking at HP printers. We might want to tell him that Epson is really better. And here's why. Right. And so it's really helpful in that point to get people that are more strategic that can say to you, you know what, I hear you're asking me for this and and I will put your full page ad together and and do it in a great way. But I think your better spend is through the strategy on 
and here's how we do it. And, right. and finding people that have that passion and also have that knowledge and then creating an environment that protects that. Because the machine will eat you up, you know, in any AEC firm, yeah. uh, you know, death of PowerPoint and brochures and, you know, don't get me started on conferences. You know, <laughs> you know, they're great learning environments and things like that. And finally getting to see people in real time, but they're horrible virtual things. You know, I just, you know, it's, it's just not great. And, and we try to facilitate it now that people are getting back. I think a lot of conferences are struggling with the, how do, how do we financially convince people this is the right way when now yeah. they've discovered all these other things, you know, the journey, yeah. my group's gone on and to learn about digital marketing. And I suspect we're only, you know, scratching at the surface at this point. Right. So then how do you decide whether a digital campaign is the appropriate approach for a given opportunity or I guess for a, any given firm? You know, I think you just got to get started and right. you got to pick things and start learning. You know, that A-B testing is just a great methodology to go through to validate what is working, what isn't working and right. explore with that. We, we've been doing that for two years now on a lot of different topics. Mm. So I represent water, but our power and our industrial and our transportation segments started picking it up and using the same processes. And then we're all learning from each other. Right. So, so there's a, there's a compounding effect that goes on with that. Uh, what's really beneficial as you start to see progress and it can be very inexpensive, a couple thousand dollars add in folks time as far as the digital media and the, the creative graphics and the copy. Mm-hmm. But if you compare that, and I'll go back to the conference example. On one of our large power conferences, we were easily spending $100,000 on a booth space. Now, now, we're one of the largest in the power market. And so we've got big 20 by 20, if not bigger, with couches and that kind of stuff. Right. But it really came down to this is the best spend of our money. Mm-hmm. You know, or can we do this in other more direct ways that do it? And, and I would argue conferences are really hard to answer the question of what's the return on the investment. You, you, right. It's really hard to link it to an award or to a particular engagement. You know, this digital branding, particularly with the data that you can aggregate and the directional focus you can get, use the Toronto example as a play, you can really quickly add it up. And when you're trying to compare it against $1,000 versus $100,000, the return is easily calculated. Yeah. So that's how we do it. But when we get into these discussions about what are the themes we're going to approach to do this, that's a conversation with a lot of our BD team and then them purposefully talking to clients. Got it. That's it. Okay. Well, that wraps up what I was, my planned questions. Is there anything you want me to ask you? Well, that's wide open. (laughs) It can be anything. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like one of the challenges in the marketing space is talent and the passion for mm-hmm. what we do, right? Yeah. You know, we're, we're not an ad agency. We're not Hallmark cards that has this huge brand and engages yeah. uh, 
or Coca-Cola. And so it gets tough to attract and retain talent. And so it can be a bit of a, a revolving door. And I really think that this could be a pathway where you could really inspire some passion and give folks some innovation to play with that have a marketing, a journalism degree, a writing, all those kinds of things, because we as engineers or constructors or architects didn't get formal education in this. Honestly, we didn't even have a class. And yet we're out here going like, well, here's the way we're going to sell our message or put the the graphics together or something like that. Or or we're critiquing them on something they've very well been trained on and have been doing. So venture into a space where you can admittedly, as you know, myself, a chemical engineer, admittedly go like, I don't know, but I sure. know it's something where we can make progress. I have to turn that over to the experts. And th- there's a mix, like I explained, of like, if I can bring in, and we have someone recently that came in, we had somebody that had been on your, your podcast. Oh, very uh, good. And had been that person to help grow this. Matthew Winkelstein had been that yeah. person and grew that for us and really made it something wonderful. And then he left to choose his own passion, but he helped recruit his replacement. So he was very generous in that. And she's fantastic. Who's got this deep knowledge in the space that can then guide all of us into, you don't want to use that. You want to use this. Here's how you get the data you're looking for. And then couple that within the creative team that then finds this new passion that they can play with and it gives them career opportunities and it gives them sort of a new focus. Doesn't mean they still don't have to do the PowerPoints, right? It's yeah, name of the game for us, but it provides an avenue. And I think that's how other companies that play in this space can look to retain talent yeah. as well as engage their clients and their customers in a meaningful way where it felt like it wasn't possible, especially during COVID, but even yeah. going forward, those are the things that I think where companies that play in this space can really take this and run with it for a very minimal investment. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we're talking about marketing in AEC, there does need to be a little bit more thought put into career paths. Mm-hmm. And this seems like a natural career progression for someone who's interested and like you said, passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's important for those of us that are in the leadership roles of those companies that are sort of inspiring this. When you do it, you have to defend it. Right. It's not uncommon for someone to go like, why are we spending our money on this? How is this going to be effective? Mm -hmm. And it to be from a senior leader who just they just as well see a paper brochure and can think you're doing what you need to do. And it's like, I literally can't go see that person hand this because they work from home. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. They may work at the water utility district, but they're working from home still because sure. that's their policy and what they've adapted to. I can't mail it to them because I'm not asking for their home address. Yes. Right. That so, has been so a see, huge problem, yes. Holy cow. And it's just like, for, for my team, most of my team works from home. Now they're spread all across the country. Right. There's no office address to put there anymore. And then I'm not going to put their home address exactly. on their business cards, right? Yeah. yeah. So the only way is to digitally engage with folks. And if that's really where we're at by just practical needs, it's like, well, that's what we need 
to adapt to. And so folks that are in senior leadership positions that sort of pose these esoteric questions of like, why are we doing that? You've got to be ready for your elevator speech. Mm. And, and it's great if you can find these proofs. And the Toronto one's one I use often just as an example that's easily understood of how you can engage clients through this and the level of spend that goes with it. Right. And if, if you're folding in the breeze, those people that trusted you to take a leap to come to an engineering and construction with a talent and digital marketing and strategies and all the tools that go with it, and you can't defend it, that's probably unfair to them. Yeah. To have them step out of what career opportunity they had to come work for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if our listeners want to get in touch with you or learn more about your work, where should I direct them? Well, I feel like after that discussion, I should just probably hand out my email. And that you would should. <laughs> I think that's the way. You probably will put it in the, in the or feel free Episode to put show it in notes. the bio. But yeah, right. Yeah, 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 the show notes. There you go. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way. LinkedIn's always good, but I do try to be careful that I'm always accepting invites from folks that I've met just so I keep track of who it is. But you can also follow me on LinkedIn. I do post a lot of sometimes thought-provoking marketing. It's sometimes interesting when people come up to you and they say, oh, hey, I've been, I really enjoy your articles on LinkedIn or something. They never like them or they never engage. But when they show you and they really honestly show some appreciation, mm. it really is rewarding because you do yeah. put thought and effort into it to be meaningful. And I'm sure you probably get the same thing from this podcast. I mean, I enjoy it. I'm a fan of, Thank of you. what you're doing. And I listen to it regularly as well to just learn new things. And so it's heartening when you get feedback from those kind of things. So I yeah. think the digital strategy for AEC is here to stay. And if you're not getting on this, you're, you're going to fall further behind for an industry that admittedly was way behind. Is already behind. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. right. I mean, if you're still selling buggy wicks, folks, you know, you, you should close up shop yep. Move yep. to the electric vehicles. Just skip ahead. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for hanging with me and talking about this. It's an area that I'm still very new to. So to learn anything is very much appreciated. Well, same here. I'm learning too, Keelan. So I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. All right, Marketeers. That's a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from John and learning about digital marketing strategies. I know I learned a lot. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday. Chat soon.